stories brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of Refuge Freedom Stories. My name is Sean McKenzie. I'm your guest host. I'm pleased to bring to you an author, a speaker, and a fellow goof, she calls herself. Her name is Rachel McCants. Rachel, welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. I am so excited and so blessed to have this opportunity to join you today. I love the fact we just met. We can tease each other right off the bat. Now, Rachel, we talk about how God has intersected in people's lives. And I always like to start and try to find out a person's journey of faith. So can we unpack a little bit about what that journey looks like for you? Where did your faith become real for you? Well, I would like to preface that with where it started, because I feel like it has so much more of an impact for where I knew Christ for myself. And I grew up in the church. I really say I feel like I was saved before I was born because my mom had me involved in everything to vacation Bible school, Awana. I even went to Christian summer camp. I went to a Christian private school. So I grew up all the way in church and I am so grateful for that foundation. But it wasn't until 2016 when a grade three brain tumor was discovered on my pineal gland that I knew Jesus for myself because God like seriously showed up and showed out as he always does and just took over. He was always a million steps ahead and things just kept unfolding and my eyes were seriously bucked the whole time like what (laughs) it's amazing how he just says okay let's unpack that a little bit because i mean for some people to hear it just rolled off your tongue so easily but to to be diagnosed with a brain tumor just six short years ago i think that would rock my world to get news like that just a little bit just a tad Yeah. yeah and it's just how god worked it out he did it in the perfect timing. I was going through different careers and different stages. And I was at my job at the time and I had just been promoted to a showroom manager. And so I was running a business and it was a fitness business. So we had to build relationships in the community with other fitness centers and, you know, workout centers. And I loved it. I'm a bit of a workout fanatic. So that was no problem for me, but I began to get headaches along with other body pains that did not make sense to me. And because I'm a workout fanatic and I was trying all these new different fitness places and everything, I was just like, just stretch it out. You'll be okay. Until one morning I was going to teach a dance class. So I'm also a certified Zumba instructor and I love to dance. And I was going to teach a dance to some young girls at the showroom that I was running. And I passed out in the garage across the street from the showroom. And that's when I heard and felt God tell me, I've got this, watch me work. And that's when a lady came down the garage and she stopped and said, do you need me to call someone for you? And I gratefully told her yes, because I had passed out and I had no idea what was going on. And she called someone for me. I was able to call my regional manager and let her know what was going on, cancel the class, call my mom and my sister who took me to a four hour agency room, not too far from the showroom. And that's when everything was discovered and God just kept rolling one thing after the next. You hear those words in your head. I've got this, that comfort that surpasses all understanding, even though you're going through a very scary moment of your life, that must've been that reassurance that, Hey, if God's saying, I've got this, I'm going to be okay. It was. And a lot of people have trouble with my story or comprehending my story because God seriously gave me peace the whole entire time. 
through radiation, through chemo, through brain surgery, all of it, through being bald twice. That's when the self-worth came in because I was bald twice. And that's when I realized how shallow I was. You know, the beautiful thing is you touched on something that's so important to most people, and that is self-worth. And it's not just a problem for women. It's a problem for men as well. We live in this world of this Instagram culture where our self-worth is absolutely bombarded every day with images. And it's easy to get caught up in that and say, I'm not worthy. Yes. And it's so funny that you say that because both of my brothers tell me my book, Ladies As We Love Ourselves, the six-step program for the self-worth knows no gender. My brothers are like, this knows no gender, Rachel. Men need this too. And a lot of my friends' husbands read the book. And so they really enjoy it. And so, yeah. I think it's so true what you said. It's for men and women, for sure. Now, I love how God took you from one aspect of your life because you're doing the fitness instructing, you're doing the dance. And then he says, hey, I have this challenge for you. You're going to write a book. So talk a little bit about how that looked, how the idea behind Ladies As We Love Ourselves, a six-step program to self-worth came together. It was published in 2019, correct? Yes. So after the brain tumor and everything, I really had a dream and I'm going back to this dream because I am supposed to be writing some plays about self-worth. I have two done and I'm working on the third and I need to complete them so we can get them out to the world because they're called Ladies As We Wait. Whatever you're waiting on the Lord to do, be a lady while you do it. Everybody is not waiting on the mate as a lot of me and my friends are, but you know, whatever you're waiting on the Lord to do. So it all started with plays. And then the book kind of came out of nowhere. I was blessed to meet my business coach and I came up with the self-worth program because I realized where my self-worth plummeted because I didn't know again, that I was that shallow until my self-worth hit rock bottom being bald because I had always had hair and now God has fully restored me such a blessing. All my hair is back. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And it's even better than it was before. I feel let's unpack a little bit about what the book teaches people, because I read a line from your bio. It says teaching people not to settle and walk in God. God's will in all aspects of your life. That's a mouthful to say, but that must be a mouthful to try to live out as well. Yes, yes, it is. My first and foremost step in any and everything that I do Mm -hmm. is turn to God first in anything that I do. I have a talk coming up about joy in each day. And I'm like, the first thing you need Jesus every day. And second step is forgiving yourself and others. Because a lot of times we focus on forgiving others, but you have to forgive yourself for different things that have happened to you in your life. And yeah, you can't just forgive others. You got to look at you too. And number three is know who you are. Know who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ. And that will help you just so much with self-worth because Christ values you. He created you. Like, why would you not be worthy? Four is affirmations, telling yourself you're worthy. And I tell myself I'm worthy daily. I look at myself in the mirror while I tell myself affirmations every morning. And five is encourage others and volunteer because really we are created to serve others. And when we serve others, we feel better about ourselves because we're doing what we were designed to do. And sixth, and one of my tips that I use in everything as well is exercise. I believe in exercising daily. I believe that our bodies are created to move and get some activity in our limbs because I believe in waking up early and starting with Jesus 
but also a workout routine. I always have to have a workout routine in my morning routine. That is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm an early riser, so I know what that feels like getting up nice and early and spending that precious few moments with God because I know I don't like getting up in the morning, but I know when I get up and start talking with him and asking him, what do you have for me today? And God unleashes us to do things that we may never even imagine. So I'm kind of thinking this probably wasn't on your radar before God spoke to you in 2016. Before you had this brain tumor, did you ever see writing a book in your path? No, I didn't see running a business in my path, but (laughs) he gave it to me. And I often tell people that I should have paid more attention. So I was running an Aviva showroom. Uh, I had to do profit and loss. I had to hire and fire. I uh, had to, you know, train the employees and make sure everything is running properly. And I was in complete control of the showroom. And it's like God was training me to run our Lindsay Unlimited I didn't pay enough attention. (laughs) I should have paid so much more attention. And now I run a program called Early Mornings with a Dose of Jesus that encourages Christians to wake up early and start with Jesus in all about 10 minutes or less. My goal is five minutes or less. And I give them an affirmation and encouragement, verse or verses. I like them to get in the word for themselves and meditate on it and a song and tell them to be have a productive day in Jesus's name. But like, I didn't have any idea of what he was up to. And again, he has just always been a hundred million steps ahead of me as he is with all of us, but he just keeps unrolling and opening doors for me. And I am just doing my best to walk on through. That is beautiful. Rachel, self-worth is just one thing that you talk about, but I like how you talk about making sure we make time for God and seeking him first. Because sometimes, even those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, sometimes we forget to put him first. Yes. And that's exactly where EMDJ came from, early mornings with a dose of Jesus, because most Christians are too stressed, overwhelmed, and busy to contact or go to God first and spend that time with him. They're always too busy and making excuses for it. I help them achieve growth in their relationship with Christ and also become more productive through a morning routine. So another thing that God placed on your agenda to say, hey, I want you to use your voice is he gave you this speaking platform and companies now are hiring you to encourage other people and get their people motivated. Let's talk about how the speaking engagements became part of what you get to do. Well, I've always spoken as a young child. If you talk to a lot of speakers, we used to get in trouble at a young age, like in kindergarten and first grade, we used to be in trouble for talking. My mom would get called into the principal's office or my teachers all the time because Rachel talks too much. And then my degree is in communication with my minor in English. So by the grace of God, like he just really lined this all up. For the longest time, I thought I didn't have a purpose. I didn't know where I was going. I was just kind of doing any and everything, like through college and everything. But God had a plan. God has a plan. And so it's just coming into fruition. And so I'm doing podcast interviews just to get his word out there and the story that he has done, the work that he's done in my life and all these other places. And just wherever I can get a speaking engagement, I go speak and I share. 
Now, we, of course, with our podcast, we deal with a lot of people who've had trouble with the law or have been incarcerated, and sometimes their self-worth is down at the bottom of that scale. But what I'm hearing, what you're saying, is also what they need to hear. Mm. No matter where you start mm. or where you've been, God can meet you, and he can take you to places you've never, ever thought you could possibly be. A am I correct in saying that? Yes, amen. You're so correct in saying that. I love that, and I agree wholeheartedly because I had no idea. Like I was confused. I really, for the longest time, felt like I had no purpose. And at a young age, people would always say everyone has a purpose, but I just, I didn't know what it was. So I didn't really believe them. Yeah. And it's not that hard to listen to God, but sometimes it is. We, will, <laughs> we, we have our own goals and agendas. So when he actually got your attention in 2016, he got your full attention. And so I'm thinking that's where all this has come from. Am I correct saying that? You are so good. You are correct about everything. You haven't said a wrong statement yet. But yes, I often say that God had to physically break me to help me and get me on the path that he wanted me to be on. And now I'm doing my best to walk in his will every step I take. Now, of course, you're still following him and you're still asking for direction. So you mentioned these plays. That must be exciting. It's a, you know, author, now playwright. What else does God have? Let's talk about these plays. Are these one-person plays? Are these something that you're going to produce? What's your vision for the plays? So first and foremost, when I was going through the brain tumor situation and the rehabilitation, I had a dream of me dancing on stage in a play. So I've also been a part of dance ministries with my church. And I was in a play. And so I got it that it's a play that the Lord wants me to write. So I started writing one and then they broke out to three because they are about three girls. One represents, well, ladies, really. One represents self-worth. One represents getting standards and keeping them. And one represents no settling. So each of these women have a story and then we're putting them together. I say we're because my mother helps me with a lot of things and her idea is that I should publish them first before we produce them. And she also wants an introduction and a conclusion. So there might be five short plays and I'm trying to debate on how we're going to work this out. Still in the brainstorm process. I'm just trying to get them written and getting the story line down and then go from there. While we're talking about women, self-worth yeah, yeah. is something that I think if you talk to most people, myself included, one of the hardest challenges I've ever had to overtake was my self-worth. I'm not the smallest guy in the world at six foot tall and 300 plus pounds. So self-worth has always been a battle. My battle was my image. Even though I work out, even though I play sports, I'm still a big guy and my self-worth was always in the gutter. And so self-worth does take a toll on someone. And I'll just speak for myself. My mental health suffered because of my self-worth. Do you find that when you're speaking to, and we'll say women in particular, but in general, when you're speaking, I find self-worth and mental health is a two-way street. Yes. And that's why I really stress affirmations, telling yourself who you are, whose you are, God's. And also when I was growing up a little bit, not well, when I was just younger and I was trying out for all these dance teams and stuff to normal people, I look like regular size and I, I am a nice size, you know, like I am pretty fit, but in the dance world, I was plus size and I didn't make teams because I was overweight and I'm using air quotes. 
<laughs> I was overweight because I was heavier than they wanted me to be, or, you know, my body shape or tight. And so that was really hard for me. It was really hard for me when I worked in corporate to hear that my personality is not really corporate material. And so, you know, I really didn't feel like I belonged anywhere or know what I really was supposed to do. And that's part of why I didn't think I had a purpose because I talked too much. I was too happy and cheery and all the things. But yes, it really does mess with your mental health. And that is why I am constantly asking the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, take my thoughts captive. And, you know, plant the right thoughts in my head and help me think what I am supposed to be thinking and get my mind on something positive on you, Lord, because I am yours. And my business coach, which I really appreciate, and I feel like this is incorporated with this, she calls it the Bebo success model, beliefs, emotions, behaviors, outcomes. So whatever your belief in your mindset is, then that is how you behave, which produces your outcomes, which goes back to your beliefs. And it's just a circle, the success model. She calls it a success model, but it's just a circle. And I know that's very prevalent today. People talk about it, but it's so true. It's all about your mindset because we have control of our minds. The thing I want to kind of end on is the settling. Far too often we say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. We listen to those negative voices. Mm -hmm. And those negative voices can stop us from doing a lot of things if we allow them. And it sounds like, thank God, he gave you a little smack there in 2016 with a brain tumor and said, Rachel, I don't want you to settle anymore. Yes, most definitely. Because I was settling and kind of like dragging my feet throughout the world and just doing whatever came my way. And my focus was just way off God. Like I still knew God. I was still of God. We still had a relationship, but it was nowhere near where it is now. I would try to wake up early and start with Jesus and then fall back asleep. And so I had to learn to put my feet on the floor, <laughs> get up, wash my face, brush my teeth, get some lemon water and, you know, get some activity in my body so I could have real time with Jesus and dive into his word. So a very young age, I'm going to say, you know, because the people can't really quite tell, but Rachel's a very young woman here who's got a lot still in, in her tank, I think. What are some of the things that God is percolating outside of what we talked about the play? Does he have any more books for you? What do you see as in your future, some future endeavors you want to accomplish? I People keep asking about books. So I'm going to say, I don't know, but I think so. I think people want to hear more of the brain tumor story. Yeah. of what really happened and kind of my journey through that. I do have a talk on that though, but I think people just want to like have it tangibly. It's all in God's hands right now. Maybe the radio advertisement or something. You mentioned that you were in radio and I was like, oh, maybe because the program that I run early mornings with the dose of Jesus, it's five minutes or less. That's my goal. And so it's so quick and it could just definitely be a radio segment. And I have a friend who wants to kind of incorporate that. So we'll see. I'm not going to limit the Holy Spirit. I was just going to say, please don't do that. Because, you know, you were put on your back once before. I think I can do it again. Oh, right? I know. And, you know, and, and you know what that felt like. So you don't want to do that again. Not at all. <laughs> Rachel McCants is our guest. So, Rachel, for people who are listening and saying, hey, what was the name of that book again? And how could I find it? Do you want to give them a little idea where they could find it? Sure. Yes. The book is Ladies As We Love Ourselves. 
a six-step program to self-worth. And it is on Amazon. It's in the Kindle version as well. Isn't that beautiful? Rachel, in our final couple minutes here, what message would you say, again, to our whole audience, not just limiting to just the ladies, for, for those who are listening to Refuge Freedom Stories, what message do you want to leave with them to either encourage or inspire? Start with Jesus. Every day, start with Jesus. He will make your path clear. And my challenge a lot of times still to this day is thinking about what's going to happen in the future and making plans in my head and agonizing over what could or might happen and forgetting that Jesus is with me every step of the way regardless. That is why I do early mornings with a dose of Jesus. So I would love to have you join if you are open to it. 6 a.m. Central Standard Timing in the States. But I would love to have anybody who would love to come and start with Jesus and be encouraged and be more productive in their day. Rachel, this has been an absolutely pleasure for me to have you join me here today on Refuge Freedom Stories. And I pray that God is just going to continue to bless you in so many different ways with your stories and your encouragement and your positivity. So Rachel, how can people find you on the socials, as we like to say? Yeah, the socials. I like that. I'm going to start using that term. Thank you, Sean. You're introducing me to so much today on Instagram and Facebook. R Lindsay, and that's L-I-N-D as in dog, S-A-Y, not E-Y, Unlimited for Facebook and Instagram. You can email me at rlindsayunlimited at gmail.com. And my website is www.rlindsay.com. Rachel, it has been an absolute blessing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Rachel McCants, author, speaker, and founder of R Lindsay Unlimited, has been our guest on Refuge Freedom Stories Tune in again next week for another great edition. Thank you one and all, and God bless you.
hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.